CavsCorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports and brought to you all football season long by the good folks over at Thorium Wealth. Check them out online, ThoriumWealth.com, T-H-O-R-I-U-M, Wealth.com for more information and full disclosures. Our thanks to Thorium Wealth for their continued support of this show and all of CavsCorner.com. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of the said website, coming to you live from the Bracewell Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, November the 20th. There's a game next week with Virginia Tech that we are going to try our best not to talk about. Well, that's technically not true. Uh, we are going to talk about Virginia's basketball's win last night against Vermont, uh, and then we will transition over to football where the Cavaliers are coming off a bye week, preparing for Liberty, and also for that other thing that we're going to try not to talk about because literally all anybody wants to talk about this week is what's happening next week. Um, but we have a whole week for that. Uh, before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. Up in Fishersville, David Spence is on the show. How are you, my friend? I'm doing just peachy, Brad. You, you can't look ahead. It's dangerous for fans to look ahead. Who Dave's on the board at? Who Dave's on Twitter? <laughs> and up in Reston, staff writer Justin Ferber, also on the program. How are you, my friend? I'm just looking ahead. Um, so just, you know what? Just screw it. Just do it anyway. Throw, throw in not? caution. Just why not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> Let's just see what happens. Add Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for the in-game updates, content items, and the occasional Woody banter. Um, all right, let's start with last night's game um, in in Charlottesville. Cavaliers come out, what is it, 61-55, a 9-0 run from like the 5 – I don't have my, my notebook in front of me. From like the 5-something mark, um, they shut – finally shut uh, Anthony Lamb's water off. Um, my God, that dude – yeah, that was the best Carson Edwards impression. I think I really hope anybody ever does in my in my presence again, um, unless I guess unless he plays for UVA. I, I I expected a rock fight. I the I was told in our preview that it would be a rock fight, um, and then it it kind of turned into a good game like out of nowhere. And I thought it was a really good test. What did you guys think, Dave? We'll start with you. What what did you think of the game and think of UVA's uh, overall play in the uh, in the win? As I tweeted last night, like I, I, I just I wasn't basketball's happening, but I haven't been engaged fully yet. Like I was engaged fully by halftime last night, um, especially early second half. It's, I mean, it was a good test, especially you know, obviously Virginia's played at Syracuse, and you know, Syracuse was kind of trash can juice that night. But um, since then, it's kind of been easy, easy games. Um, and I thought Vermont defended hard. They even when they got down, they didn't quit playing. Um, I thought the key, like it looked like Virginia might pull away with about five minutes ago in the first half. That little run, that little run Vermont had at the end of the half. I think they scored six points in like the last minute and a half, which basically took it from a blowout to a close game, and that continued the second half. Um, I mean, I, I was impressed with Vermont. I, Anthony Lamb got on my nerves at some point. Um, but yeah, overall, it's a good test this early in the season. It definitely, you know, if anything, it just kind of showed all the weaknesses we have kind of worried about. Kind of got exposed last night. Um, you know, you, you, the best three-point shooters on the team are Kihei Clark and Mamadi Diakite, which <laughs> it's mind-boggling to me at this point. But you know, it's you can tell that you know they always talk about culture. You know, we're talking about culture a lot with the football program. Like you can see, the basketball team has a culture of winning. Like. That they never looked rattled, even with Lamb was hitting those shots. They just they just buckled down and made play after play. In a lot of ways, to me, 
it was a confirmation bias sort of game, right? Um, or maybe the better way to say it is like it was like a Rorschach test. Like we all saw what we thought we would see or wanted to see. Like for people who are stressed uh, about Virginia, the offense, the shooting and stuff, you, you have plenty of ample evidence, right? Um, people who are worried that like the defense is not going to be enough to carry them. You know, you basically got everything you wanted. But if you're also one of those people who's like, hey, Tony will figure it out and the kids will be fine. It, you got that too. Like it was kind of a, um, you know, a, a grab bag of sorts. What did you think, Ferber? Yeah, I mean, as far as it being a good test, I think Vermont's just a good team. Uh, you know, they were 4-0 coming in. They beat some other, you know, other good teams that they had played. I honestly, I mean, no disrespect to Syracuse, but I think this is the best team that UVA's played. And, you know, my, my concerns going in were that if UVA played offensively the way that they had in the previous three games, that any team that is as good as Vermont, no matter what they are good at offensively, they'll be able to hang in the game just by mathematics, right? I mean, they didn't shoot the lights out regardless of – I know I know that's kind of the way people feel about it because they got hot in the second half. But if you look at the game, I mean, they shot 38.5% from the field, um, which is worse than UVA by eight points. Uh, they shot 35% from three, which is – about the same as UVA, um, you know, they only shot three free throws. So, and they had 13 turnovers. So it's not like Vermont played out of their minds. It was more that UVA couldn't get away from them when Vermont was playing bad. And that led to the game being within, you know, a possession or two down the stretch. Now, I think that UVA did a really nice job when it got to that point of kind of elevating their game and showing some, uh, determination on the offensive end, uh, kind of getting things going a little bit quicker. Um, it seemed like they, you know, were imposing their will a little bit more as, as opposed to being, I thought they were kind of passive for at, at times early in the second half. And, and you kind of saw that in the other games as well, where, you know, they, they have flashes where it'd be like, okay, they're getting the ball into the post and, you know, they look really tough down there and, you know, Braxton's doing his thing or, or Kihei gets the bucket or makes a three and, and they get a couple things working and then it goes away. For, for an extended period of time. And I thought that once Vermont kind of forced them back into the game, they did a really nice job of kind of picking things up on the offensive end. And, you know, both teams scored 37 points in the second half, which is probably the most uh, combined points in any UVA game this, this season between the two teams, I would assume. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that was encouraging, being seeing them kind of, you know, dictating to the opponent a little bit more on the offensive end. And, and Vermont, they, they defend well and, and they definitely gave UVA a tough test. Uh, but I think at the end of the season, regardless of what the spread was or what Ken Palm had predicted the score would be, I think that this this will look like a, a result that makes sense by the end of the season because I think Vermont will probably end up winning like 27 games or something. So I don't think it's anything for UVA to get down about. And I think it's really good that they got pushed because the first three games didn't really – we didn't really learn a lot about this team, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I want to I want to walk through this a little bit. So Virginia twenty four eighteen at the half. Lamb hits that three right before the buzzer, um, and apparently that got him going because he comes out, starts the second half, he makes a bucket inside. Smith hits his three. Uh, Braxton Key makes a, a jumper that makes it twenty six twenty three going into under sixteen. All right, so then Lamb makes a two, and then he hits a three, and then he <laughs> one two three four threes. His his team's next twelve points are all him after he had just scored seven 
um, seven of their their twelve. So Virginia's lead goes quickly away, right? And and they answer. They keep answering, right? Dikita hits a three. Lamb hits a three. Clark scores. Lamb hits a three. It it felt like in a lot of ways, um, it 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 felt like it seesawed. But Virginia really never lost connection. The the their largest deficit was three, I believe. Um, though they no four, they were down forty to thirty six at nine thirty nine. Um, but there's a nine zero run in here after Lamb goes to the line and makes two to give him the lead back at five twenty seven. There's this nano run that is Diakite and Huff playing a two man game, then Huff um, on a um, on a move inside, then Key hits a three. I thought Braxton was extremely patient in that second half. Um, I thought he did a really good job of having a good feel of when to push and when not, you know, when to really kind of um, to go after it. I thought he finished better in this game around the rim, which has obviously been a struggle for him at times um, in his time at, at UVA. I did not think. And I don't. I hope this isn't blasphemous. I just really didn't think they had this in them when a kid is just out of his mind. I mean, this dude hit eight threes by himself. Excuse me, hit seven by himself. Uh, Virginia hit eight as a team. Usually, when you when you have a team that hits twelve threes against UVA, that team wins, right? Like usually, that's a recipe for disaster. Especially if Virginia's going to turn the ball over ten times. I just thought the the way that they kept kind of working at it offensively like you didn't get the sense that they were just going to try the same thing over and over and they I just felt like they kept throwing different stuff out there figuring out what worked uh I thought it was good that they they finally rode the Diakite Huff key lineup they haven't gone to that a whole lot and I think that's got to be their that's got to be their um their closing lineup um this season because um those are dudes that just even though maybe they don't fit as well as maybe some teams of the past I just thought that Overall, they, they were really good in this game. Um, and to, um, you know, I think it was Dave earlier was talking about Kihei and, and Mamadi being the best three-point shooters. Kihei Clark is pretty clutch, dude. Like, his ability to knock down tough shots in big moments is actually pretty crazy. Um, he did it a lot last yeah. year, and he's, he's, yeah, he's he still had, doing it now. Yeah, he had six shots last night. Um, the only one Only one of those shots he hit was Virginia leading, and they were up eight to seven. You know, coming back from the seven zero deficit that Vermont, he had a three to put him up eleven to seven, and then every other shot he hit either tied the game or gave Virginia a lead or cut it to one during that run. Like they were just clutch after clutch. Um, yeah, every yeah eleven to seven, twenty nine, twenty eight, thirty six, thirty seven, forty three, all forty eight, forty six, and then he had two free throws at the end, which pushed it to a three possession game. Yeah, and that like I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say. Be four games in. If you had to pick one guy, this team can't afford to lose. It's Kihei. Um, like you don't want to lose Mamadi. You don't want to lose know, Jay. Man. I, I think. But I think who, I'd probably who say you're going to replace Kihei with? Well, you're going to replace Kihei you, with though. You he, can you can band aid the front line. I don't you know can't band aid the point I guard. Mean, they, I guess because you have Huff on some level. Like if Diakite were to go out, yeah. I mean no, I that's saying, a like, that's a Faustian choice. I don't want to make. Let's just say it like that. No, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I think at this point, I'd be comfortable saying he's the one guy you've got to protect. Um, now, I was a little interesting last night. But was it like eight or nine minutes into the first half? Tony went with that crazy lineup with yeah. Coleman, yeah. McCoy. Um, I think he was Morsell. just trying to steal some minutes until he got to the yeah. under. Yeah, it was he, like he did it against he, so it right he did it against Columbia too. Because I remember during that game being like, "What is this lineup?" Like it yeah. was a weird group of players on the court. And it seems important. like Coleman is getting. I don't. I mean, I don't know if we can really extrapolate out. He only got three minutes, but. It seems like Tony trusts him more than, you know, just a regular walk-on. 
I, I thought there was one one play where Coleman was going to get the high five. But I think he ended up picking up a foul right as right the guy. Yeah, I mean, he court. looks he looks comfortable out there. I mean, he's a confident for, kid. You give got to give. Yeah, him he lo- he looks like I mean, he looks like a kid that um, I'm not exactly sure what offers he had, but he doesn't look like a a guy that didn't have any offers or anything like that. He looks like a guy that's you know he's just undersized. May, maybe not going to develop into like a starter in the ACC, but you know he he can come off the bench and give you some minutes. Yeah, I mean, and if he gives them three four minutes a night, you know, if that's if that and and I'm not even saying you got to get it that consistently, but in a game like this where you could tell that it was going to be pretty nip and tuck in times, I, I think I honestly I think they played it perfectly. What I was curious about with Statman out was who got those minutes, and it looked to me like what I hoped would happen happened, which is that Waldo and, and Morcel got, you know, got to play, you know, pretty consistently 27 for, for Thomas, um, 28 for, for Casey. The problem is, is that they're combined one, excuse me, two for 13 from the field. Oh, of nine from three. Now Waldo's inside had six boards, which I mean, maybe that dude has always been a good rebounder and I just didn't expect it, but man, he really impressed me on that front. And I got a feeling like, I did. I did leave the game last night thinking that Walter Tensai is going to be a little bit further along this year than I expected him to be, um, and that's good. I mean, they need another dude, right? And his ability to to put his face in the in the fan, like I tweeted, like I, I think that's important. But until these two guys start to generate some offense, things are going to be a little ugly. Um, Casey looks like he's really got the yips to me. Um, I mean, hell, he's playing great defense, and he seems comfortable in everything except for the part where he has to figure out whether he wants to shoot or not. He's hesitant. You can tell that he's got a lot of, you know, he's, he's tepid. He, he doesn't, he's not really sure if he should. And when he shoots, I mean, my dude jumps like way too high. You can tell he's just, he's, he's pressing. And, um, he also made that one after the foul. Yeah. And I was like, of course he of course, made that yeah, one. <laughs> I know. And I was kind of hoping maybe he'd see one go in and, and that would, you know, but ultimately that's not the way it played out. But I think that Tony continuing to play him, down the stretch even was was interesting I mean he needed his defense and so I thought he made you know he made pretty good decisions with the ball uh, he finished the game without a turnover which is good um, you know I think that's that's a that's a really good step in the right direction for that kid because I mean he's gonna be important to this team um, you know you don't want to have to give Chase Coleman you know a whole bunch of minutes um, you want to be able to, to to lean on Casey as your as your kind of backup point guard um, especially in situations like last night where Kihei gets two fouls and he has to go sit down for you know for a little bit of there at the end of the first half i just thought that the, both waldo and and casey i thought acquitted themselves quite well um yeah, and then jay jay had a career high in minutes last night and you know there was a stretch in the i want to say probably middle early to middle of the second half where he looked tired and was getting beat for some rebounds and, yeah but at the end of the game like surprisingly he kind of re-energized um well can we I talk about the 32 minutes though? or something that dude Daniel Giddens, who originally started out of Texas, that dude is a hoss, man. Like he looks like a little more meat on his on his on his legs. He could play defensive end. Like he's a he's a grown ass man. Um, so it doesn't really surprise me that Huff was was kind of feeling it. But uh, your point about him coming back in the in the second half and feeling you know seeming like he was almost recharged, very well put. Like he did. He he had a lot of energy in that second half. Yeah, we needed it too. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> We'll we'll switch over to football in just a second. So let me let me get us out of here on this. Um, this tournament that they're playing in, which everybody, somebody asked the coach from Vermont last night, like, how did this game get set up? And he's like, well, this is part of a tournament. 
Um, yeah. Which Everybody was like, kudos to Virginia for scheduling this game. And I was like, yeah, they didn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it's a good game, but they didn't schedule it. Yeah, that's not exactly how it works. So they get UMass on Saturday, uh, and then they play the winner of St. John's and uh, Arizona State on Sunday. Um, well, assuming that they win, I guess I shouldn't uh, count that chicken before. It well, happens. they're playing Arizona State or or, or uh, St. John's regardless. Okay, so so they don't have to win. Okay, my bad. They I play the loser if they lose. Got yeah. it. Got it. Good point. Um, I said winner in there at the beginning, so I, I I needed to amend that so as to not get the email. Um, so, I mean, where do you? F- how do we feel right now about this team? I kind of feel like they're almost exactly where I wanted them to be, which is. Mominy's clearly taking a step forward. Jay Huff is clearly, you know, he's going to be an important piece of the pie, and he seems, uh, he seems to fit in well. Um, Kihei is taking the steps. Uh, Braxton seems to even taking some steps. So your returning four have have clearly taken some steps forward. Cody Statman, even though he didn't play last night, I think generally speaking, you know, it's clear to see that he physically is in a different spot than he was last year. Still not sure what we're going to get out of Kafaro. Still not sure what we're going to get out of Justin McCoy. Seems to me like Woldetensai and Morcel. We kind of have a feel for who they are um, and what they're going to be. Um, I feel like this team is going to be good defensively. And on nights when they're you know not hitting, they're going to have to really take care of the, uh, of the basketball. And they're going to have to um, – you know they got to be better at the free throw line. Too many of those late in the game um, when you could have iced it, there were a couple missed front ends. Um, but overall, I'm kind of, I don't know. They're kind of exactly where I expected them to be. Dave, where, where do you feel like the team is for you right now? Yeah, about the same. I mean, I, I mean, I would think key, uh, sorry, uh, key is about what I expected and hoped like, you know, he's doing what we needed him to do. Kihei has been a surprise. Like I did, Kihei's averaging double digits. Right. So, I mean, I don't think anyone predicted that going into the season. Um, but we also thought Casey would contribute a little more. So, I mean, overall, probably where I thought they'd be. I mean, we know Tony kind of likes that seven or eight man rotation. I think you can kind of see what that's going to be. Uh, I don't anticipate Kafaro being a, a big part of the season, barring, you know, barring some unforeseen issues injury wise on, on the front line. Um, you know, especially when it comes down to, to crunch time, you know, ACC season. I mean, my guess is you're going to have Statman and McCoy as your six and seven and Chase Coleman getting some burn as your eight. Um, and I mean, that's about what we expected, but like overall, I'm pretty pleased. Like, I, I mean, I think maybe we're a little unrealistic to expect Morcel to, to be an offensive contributor right away, especially with the three point line thing we had discussed earlier. And I don't see anything bad. Like he, he's confident in taking the shots. And as long as he defends, he, he's going to get playing time. Um, and the world intends say, you know, he didn't play much last year because of the injury and then he got injured in camp. So, I think he'll come on. He seems to have a nice stroke. Um, you know, he's a guy who's going to benefit from a year in the in the strength and conditioning program. Yeah, I have never seen a dude hit that many shots in pregame and not and 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 be as as off during the game as he can be. I watched him in Syracuse, man. I was like, holy crap, this kid's going to light it up. And no, he was not. Ferber, even senior Evan Nolte. <laughs> Ferber, where are that you? That was some good stuff. That's true. Ferber, where are you with uh, with this team right now in terms of expectations and where you want them to be and such? Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think they're about what we should all have expected. You know, the offense is is definitely a work in progress. Uh, I, I think the development of Kihei Clark is probably the biggest positive that I've seen. He's gone from a guy that 
could defend and, you know, make scrappy plays and kind of not get in the way of good offensive players around him last year to being like a legitimate contributor and a guy that can go get a bucket if you need. Um, Now, it'll be interesting to see how that goes once the competition level goes up because not only are the teams more talented, but just more athletic. And I think that applies to Mamadi as well. I mean, he's he's being he's been dominant really in the first you know four games of the season but he's gonna see a big jump in talent at a, you know of the guys that are going against him except for lamb maybe um you know once he gets into acc play i think this this weekend's tournament uh you know umass is undefeated at the moment but they're like 200 in ken palm so i guess they're not really expected to be that great this year even though it seems like they're winning their games um Arizona State and St. John's, I, I'm, I might be wrong, but I feel like that was a Dayton game last year. Um, they feel like the most bubble NCAA-type programs you can find. Um, so I don't know if, if UVA, I think, should be able to win both of those games. But ne- the week after that, when they play Purdue and then North Carolina, I think that's when we'll have a really good idea of where this team is. Uh, I, I think they're going to need to be better on the offensive end in ACC play, or you're going to have a lot of games like this one where you know, you go in expecting to win and the game just doesn't separate, right? I mean, it just plays out. I mean, this game was in the, the mid-20s at like the under 16 in the second half. So, I mean, even like bottom half ACC teams are going to be able to hang around with you if, you if you do that. So it'll be interesting to see how this thing develops. I think for me, it's somewhere between they're going to evolve and get better, which I think they absolutely will, like most teams do. Um, and their offense will figure it out, and they're still going to win a bunch of games. But I think at, at some point you kind of are what you are on offense. Um, so I'm not necessarily expecting them to just start raining threes on people. Uh, so I, I think that it'll be an interesting season, but I think you're going to see a lot of games like this. I think I agree with literally everything you guys said. The one thing I would add is that I, I don't think I don't think it's realistic to think that they're all of a sudden going to become a team that rains threes. I do think that as the season goes that offense should be something that they can generate a little easier and maybe maybe easier is not the right word like I don't mean they're going to they're going to score easy points like they're not going to start running they're not going to you know turn into a transition team but what I mean by that but by it is is more like I think that what you're going to see is the sets will become a little crisper the ball movement like you can tell sometimes that guys are still not really sure where the ball is supposed to go to next and that's something that you know we were all spoiled the last two years watching and moves. you'll see some of the older players kind of like looking at the other guys like this is where it should go. Right. Like you can kind of yes. see that. Yeah. You know, a lot of, you know, catch the, you know, Kihei, Kihei will catch and hold and like point and like, you know, get over there. Like, what are you doing? Um, but I thought like you could see at, at times some of the stuff that they want to do to try to um, to get Diakite and Huff free. Um, the one thing I will add is I think Huff needs to they need to do a better job of letting him hunt his shot a little bit more. Um, he hasn't taken enough threes to me. Um, you, you know, I know Virginia shot what in this game. I mean, Lamb's over there going for thirty. Um, what did he? What did he take? Like fourteen threes by himself. Uh, yeah, Virginia, he was seven for fourteen. Yeah, Virginia. And they takes took 20, they took thirty four as a team. Yeah, Virginia took twenty three in this game. Uh, I'm okay with most of them. I don't know if if Wolden's I should be taking six when he doesn't make any. Um, but I would like to see Huff taking more than two. I mean, and I think until Columbia, he hadn't taken one. Um, so I, I feel like they just need to do a little bit better job of letting him hunt a shot. Um, and cause it's, it is something that is a part of his game. I'll be honest too. Like Diakite shooting that well from three did not really, I mean, like maybe saw it possible, but I didn't see it being like 
like this. I mean, he's shooting with a lot of confidence. Um, I guess the question is whether or not he should continue or not. <laughs> um, anything else on, on hoops before we uh, transition over to football? Hearing uh, hearing no, no objections. Uh, Cats Corner Podcast brought to you tonight by the good folks at Second String Sports and Stewart's Draft. Second String is all the 2020 gear from Louisville Slugger, DeMarini, Wilson, Easton, Evo Shield, as well as quality used gear. So if you play baseball, softball, soccer, or football, you can find the gear that you need at Second String Sports. If you have something from last season that you're not using anymore, you can bring it to Second String and get a credit towards your next purchase. And if you're looking for a, a new bat, but you're not which, sure which one to get, you can come by Second String. They'll let you try out the bats in their demo zone and talk to you about the best bat for your swing. Second String has a uh, large selection of Wilson A2000 as well as A2K gloves. And as a Wilson Glove of the Month retailer, you can check out what they have to offer at their store just outside Waynesboro, 2627 Stewart's Draft Highway. Or you can check them out online right now, secondstringsports.com, second with a two. First string quality, first string service, second string sports. Our thanks again to Second String for their support of this show and all of CavsCorner.com. All right, bye week, Liberty, Virginia Tech. The, that's what stood in front of the Cavaliers uh, coming out of that, um, I don't want to call it a lackluster win, but it's kind of lackluster, right? Uh, the win that they had over Georgia Tech. Liberty is an interesting animal and we'll talk about that in a second but in general coming out of the bye there seems to be a lot of discussion about Virginia Tech I'm curious you guys soak up as much as as anybody when it comes to this kind of stuff Ferber do you get the sense that these dudes are gonna look past Liberty like do you legit worry about that being a thing uh I mean, as long as the fans don't look past them, that's what really matters, right? Um, <laughs> no, but I guess I don't, I, 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 don't mean, know. I, I genuinely mean it. Like, I, I know we, we, we get a little meta when you talk about how fans, you know, we all talk about stuff and that doesn't impact the game. But I'm genuinely yeah. curious, like, because to me, and the reason I asked the question is because I didn't, it wasn't necessarily that I didn't get the sense that they, they have the same edge. It just, it didn't feel the way the other Mondays have felt, if that makes any sense. And I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it, I, I think LeBronco kind of hit it. I mean, I think it's natural for them. You can't stop looking ahead. It's not possible. Like, now, I mean, when, when you have to do your preparation and practice and go into the game on Saturday, you got to be ready to play and, and you got to take the opponent seriously. I don't think that's a problem. I think the, the look ahead part is kind of an involuntary thing, right? I mean, you know, the whole season's kind of on the line next week. So, it's easy to overlook it. And then the fact that this is Liberty and not Duke or Pittsburgh or Miami or whoever makes it a little easier to look ahead because, you know, they, they're not an ACC opponent, maybe don't have the name recognition. But I think the fact that they played them last year and got a little bit of a test, especially in the first half, I think that helps. So, I mean, look at, look, look over them at your own peril, I guess I would say, um, just because they're the kind of team that's more dangerous just because they can score quick. Um, you know, you saw that ODU game played out. ODU doesn't have a very good offense at all. But, I mean, they were able to get on a, a little hot streak in the first half. And that's when you can get in a, in a tight spot. Because if you end up down multiple scores, then it feels like, okay, against any team, it's like, all right, this is going to be a hole we got to dig out of. And... Um, you know, they haven't been in that situation a ton this year. I mean, they, they did come back in that ODU game, but I think that was probably the only time they were down multiple scores that I can think of. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's still a game they should win, though. So it's not like 
it, it, this isn't a game where it's this isn't the equivalent to me of Vermont coming into to JPJ. I think it's it's a game that you should win regardless. But you know, I, as far as like if they're completely discounting them, I would say no. Um, if they're you know maybe how do you not think about that game next week, right? I mean, we've talked this week off and on in our text thread. We've we've definitely talked more about the Tech game than the Liberty game. <laughs> it's just what's on your mind at this point. What do you think, yeah, Dave? I mean, I think it's kind of natural. You've got, almost got to look by it a little bit because you have a short week to prepare for tech, you know? Um, so you've got one less day to prepare for them. So, so at some point in the last two weeks, I'm sure, whether it's coaches or the team, like they have talked about Virginia Tech. Um, and I don't think that's an indictment of Liberty because I think even, even if you were playing a good team this week, you'd still be planning for the game you got in a short week after your bye. Um, but I, I do think the ODU game probably helps, like having that scare early. And like Justin said, I haven't played them last year. Um, I mean, I remember having this game conversation last year because I think they played Liberty after they lost to Pitt last year. Yeah, um, well, the, yeah, and then they were going to Georgia, and Tech, Georgia and Virginia Tech. Tech. Yeah, yeah, in that last two weeks. And I think when the game started, we kind of felt like they may, maybe they were overlooking them. But, I mean, I think I liked how Bryce kind of addressed it in the press conference. You know, what, what do you say? Like, we almost lost to ODU. Um so in ODU, yeah, by I, the way, I don't know if fans are paying attention. They're like one of the worst terrible. in the FBS. <laughs> like that that performance looks like maybe the worst of the year now almost. Like it's crazy. I think it was still somewhat fluky, but I mean that ODU team is really bad. Yeah. I mean, I think having a bye week to to get healthy helped, you know. Um so I mean, I'm sure it's human nature to kind of look look past the team. So I'm sure that at some degree they're looking past Liberty a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's not something I'm worried about. Like if, if they lose, I don't think it's because they were looking forward to Virginia Tech. Yeah, I mean, I think once the game starts, you don't. It's live ammunition. You know, you can't really like not try to hit people and make plays and that and or take them seriously. And honestly, if I was a starter in these sorts of games, I would be saying, you know, this is my chance to get out of the game <laughs> in yeah. the second half, right? Because that was a big conversation going into that ODU game. I remember we talked about it. You know, when's Brendan Armstrong going to play? Are they going to play three quarterbacks or two? And then, you know, Bryce had to play the whole game. Yeah, um, exactly. And, you know, so I don't know if they're going to get to that point in this game anyway, but uh, that's kind of how I would look at it. Let's put them away early so that we can look forward to Virginia Tech. Yeah, I mean, the, the other interesting thing going into this week is Liberty had a bye week too. And, you know Liberty's yeah. like Liberty's not looking forward to who they're playing next week because I don't even know who it is. So, um, well, it's not yeah, an expect, ACC team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I expect I expect some trickery from Liberty. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. But I mean, the talent's there to, to beat them, even if you're looking ahead a little bit. The thing for me about this whole entire conversation is that, like, it's not to Ferber's point a second ago. Like, yeah, once the once the thing starts, you know, the you're you're on. My question is, like, in the during the week, like. If you are, you know, you're playing on defense, maybe you're more worried about him, right? But if you're if you're an offensive lineman, let's just pick a, a position. Like, do you watch the same amount of film? You know, are you taking it as seriously in practice? And I don't mean that as, like, any indictment give it, like, because I know something. I'm not trying to say it like that. I'm just thinking, like, to me, it seems human. It seems human to think, like, oh, you know, this is a team that we're supposed to beat. Uh, I have not seen the line, but um, my guess is Virginia's favored 
comfortably. What's the what's the I think line? It's like seventeen or okay. eighteen or yeah. Something. So so you know, I essence, don't know what it is now, but that's where it opened. One of the things I have been saying for a while, and I still believe is true, is that like the difference for UVA at this stage of the rebuild, at this stage of the program, is that typically speaking, they have done a pretty good job of kind of being being who we thought they were and being consistent. Their problem this year has been that the times that they weren't were also times when they were on the road. So this game, in a lot of ways, will tell us what's what, right? Is, is, are they struggling to be consistent game to game? Be, you know, because if you think about it, like Louisville and Miami were games that they should have won. Um, you know, I, I I I could say that about Notre Dame too, but I mean, I feel like that's a little bit more of a stretch given sort of the way that thing played out. Um, but both Miami and Louisville were games that they should have won. Um, it, it, especially if you think about like what they what they did offensively in the next two games. Um, versus what they did offensively against Louisville. Right. There's just no – like, it just doesn't make any sense. And I think that's the thing that I've been stuck on about the Coastal. Like, like well, one, the, the thing is crazy in the sense that – not in the cliche way that everybody, like, makes fun of it, but, like, in terms of, like, you just really never know what you're actually going to get that day. Like, the same Duke team that – crushed Virginia Tech, got crushed by UVA, and yet most of us are going to go into next week thinking Virginia Tech should be the favorite, right, um, given everything that's happened to, to both teams. The, the season as a whole, it's a journey. You can't you, – you, you kind of can't – the transitive thing doesn't always work. But, like, I feel like this UVA team should be better at handling its business, that, it, that, that some of these things that they've – some of these places where they've made mistakes this season were – clearly like avoidable in a way and so do i think that saturday they're going to come out in, in what looks like a cold rain uh and and be back to where they were against carolina um and georgia tech even maybe um i just don't i i guess my problem with the coastal is sort of my problem with uva is i just don't know what i'm gonna get week in and week out and and that's yeah it's not that's not a lot of fun um you know from from for anybody really right like you're you're just not sure um, in terms of Liberty Ferber, as you've looked at them, what's what stands out to you? I, I mean, obviously, Golden Gandy is crazy, uh, or is it Gandy Golden? Did I just mess it up? Gandy Golden. Okay. Uh, was, Golden Gandy sounds like a cereal or something. <laughs> Golden Gandy sounds like a type of apple. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's what it is. What stands What stands out to you about the Flames? Um, yeah, I mean, you kind of hit it. The passing game, it's honestly for anybody that remembers the game last year, it's not going to be that much different. (laughs) Like they have the same quarterback who has the great name Buckshot Calvert. Um, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I believe he has like 20 something touchdowns and only like three or four picks. Um, Gandy Golden is is a legitimate. uh, I I hesitate to say all American receiver because, you know, he's probably not going to get that sort of attention from Liberty, but. He's very good, and he's going to get drafted, I would assume. Uh, pretty good running back. They, they can score. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be kind of like the same deal as, as last year. And I f- believe, if I don't have last year's numbers in front of me, they kind of took Gandy Golden out of the game. Like, I don't remember him doing much at all. It was kind of the running game that that kind of got UVA behind, I think. Um, and they certainly hit some yeah, big less plays. Than 50 yards. Yeah, yeah, and and they hit some big plays, and then Perkins had like a really poorly timed interception at the end of the first half that kind of right when UVA seemed to be getting pulling away because Liberty scored like their first two drives, and then UVA I think took the lead and, and they led at half 
they led at the half. It was just close. And then Joe Reed's kick return kind of ended the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that they have the potential to score points. The problem with them is twofold. One, their defense is not good. Um, they gave up 44 points to Rutgers, right? Uh, to put that in context, that was Rutgers. I, I want to, I hope I get this right. That was Rutgers eighth game of the year, I believe. And in games two through seven and then nine, they scored a total of 40 points, 40. And some of those games are against teams like Maryland and Illinois, uh, and you know, teams that aren't exactly, they're not all Michigan and Ohio state. Um, so that kind of puts it in perspective. Another thing is they haven't played anybody good. Um, they played Syracuse in week one. That seemed like a really tough test. Syracuse is ranked. Syracuse is not good. And Syracuse shut them out. Um, so, I mean, you know, you kind of look at what they've done and, and you got to give them credit. I mean, they won six games. Their coach was on the hospital bed. Let's not forget that. Um, that seems like a year ago now, but that was a crazy thing that happened. And I don't want anyone to ever forget that that happened. Um, but I mean, you know, they, you look at who they've beaten it, like New Mexico state and some FCS teams. I'm not saying you can completely write them off, but I don't know if you can like look at their offensive points per game number or yards per game or passing yards per game and really say, Oh man, this team, you know, they, they light it up. They do, but they do it against bad competition. So, I think that UVA's defense, even though banged up, will probably be the best one that they've played, unless I'm forgetting somebody. Who do you think, Dave? You are not forgetting someone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Dustin's a preview guy, so I won't go over a lot of that No, 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 um, no, please. No, Just, no, no. Bloody his nose, go. Please go over it, because I haven't written it yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I think, you know, Hugh Freeze is, is what he is. Like, I, I was going to make jokes about him, but. Justin already took it, took care of it for me, um, because he's yeah, really the like, only thing like that's doing, different. I was like doing the research, and I was like, "Holy crap! This was the the same team that had the hospital bed thing, and now <laughs> UVA is playing them." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mister Born Again Hugh Freeze. Uh, yeah, he... <laughs> I believe the quote I mean, was God. God and his wife are the only ones that can handle his junk. I believe that yeah, was the quote. Yeah, that was it. It's been interesting. So he'll be he'll be in the stadium. So. <sighs> How's your wife and children? Um, Move <laughs> so, along. No, I mean, yeah, but yeah, Liberty's defense is really bad. Um, so, I mean, if Virginia doesn't turn the ball over, you know, it sh- should be able to outscore Liberty, even if Liberty does score. Um, I'm always Mr. Weather guy. It's going to be raining all day Saturday, so we'll see how more how how hard it's raining because my guess is that probably not my guess. Like it will hurt Liberty more than it hurts Virginia. Um, but Virginia doesn't play well in wet, wet games, so who who knows? So that that's just one little. It's going to be like forty-two degrees and rainy all day Saturday. So um, we'll we'll see how that affects the game. But if, this should be a game where Virginia should be able to get the run game going for the first time all year. Um, like the running backs running. <laughs> I'd be careful. Um, I'd be careful with that if I was you. I said the same. But I mean, I don't get, I don't get the sense that that's because remember Bryce made a comment about he got the script and was so excited about this week. Like quarterbacks, still usually don't get excited when there's a lot of run. I guess the I guess they didn't. I guess they didn't put the weather on the script. Yeah, yeah, I guess not. So we'll I see. heard that too, and was like, "Oh man, they're going to be slinging the rock around." But yeah, I, I mean, hopefully the offense continues the momentum they've they've had the last couple of games and really gets some confidence going and um, puts a few things on film to make Virginia Tech think. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not too worried about the game other because look, in the grand scheme of things, this game means means nothing. It 
it probably costs you the orange bowl if, if you lose this and beat Virginia tech. Um, but it doesn't really affect the conference. So if you told me today, Hey, you can lose this one and beat tech. I'd take, I'd take it, but I don't expect that to be the case. In the, I uh, think you could tell UVA fans that they could lose to literally anyone. Charlottesville <laughs> High School, the Miller School, uh, Trevelyan's Elementary School. Like, if they could beat Tech, they would take that trade. My, most uh, my, uh, my godfather would tell you he didn't care if UVA went one in, uh, in whatever, as long as the one was Virginia Tech, he didn't care. All right. In the See, pre- people always say that, but it's like then you live through that year, and you're like, oh, this kind of sucks. But, but it like this. Imagine, <laughs> but we've lived through that year. We've lived through that right. year and yeah. lost the day. Yeah, that's what <laughs> right. I'm saying. Imagine, imagine the two and ten year was was one of those two was Virginia Tech. You would feel a lot better about yeah. that two and ten year out of, out of nowhere. Well, especially as it's the last game of the season. You're yeah, like, exactly. Okay, like you know, um, the ball rolling. All right, in the preseason, uh, I'll go first. I have Virginia winning this thing, fifty-three to twenty-one. Um, I, I don't terribly think that it, it i mean it could be that way but i just don't know what i'm gonna get so i'm gonna i'm gonna edit it some i'm gonna say virginia wins 37 to uh to 21 um the rain is messing with me some but i I've, I've seen various different rain reports for saturday and i'm not real sure how wet it's actually gonna be i just know it's gonna be cold um so i'll give that uh i had a 90 percent. i'll stick with it um headline did we do headlines last week I don't know. Or last time, whenever Virginia there was no football game. Last yeah, week, I mean, right? I mean, whenever Virginia played a football game, um, I, I, I think it'll headline. Be it. It's a bye week. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> but no, I think headline will be something about um, Bryson. He'll he's continued to to tear it up. It'll be something about that. Uh, Dave, in the preseason, you yeah. had Virginia winning this game forty-two to twenty-four with a ninety percent chance of winning. What say you now? I'm gonna leave that score because I don't do it very often and. I mean, I like that spread. I don't know if either team will get that high, but yeah, I'll leave it 42, 24 Virginia. Um, and the headline's going to be on the tech. I mean, it doesn't really matter what they do. Right. Yeah. True that. All right. Ferber in the, uh, uh, preseason, you had Virginia winning this as well. 42, 21, 90%. Why do, do we all go 90%? Wow. It was late in that podcast. We were, we were <laughs> I always love revisiting yeah. these things, you know, months and months later. We're like, Oh yeah, that's right. All right. 90% chance of, uh, Virginia winning. Uh, how do you feel now? Could you give me that score one more time? I'm sorry. 42-21. Yeah, I'll keep that. Um, I'm not sure exactly how they'll get there, but that sounds about right. Uh, I mean, it just feels like a game they should win comfortably. I, I think they'll probably, even with rain, probably be a, a good amount of points. Um, whether some of them are created by turnovers or bad plays on defense or whatever, I, I think 42-21 is about right. Uh, my headline is UVA fans complain about noon game. Watch basketball anyway. <laughs> um yeah how are we gonna i'm not going to be in the stand so maybe i should back down the score because like, wait, wait you're not going to points you're not going to be there nah nah well, how does not. that usually affect things uh, yeah, what's it? I, it happens so rarely i don't know <laughs> I, mean, I need some sort of like statistical analysis well, so. least... i was there for every game of the two and ten season so there's your yeah doesn't help it but so which much. one <laughs> yeah at least, the most uh, recent. <laughs> which one? At least that means that I don't have to worry about trying to get there early to stand in the rain because I was I was kind of worried about like all right, well, you know, I guess yeah. I'll go hang out it's, at the tailgate because that you know Dave loves his tailgates. Um, yeah, well, I've got to miss Pops turned sixty five on. Friday, oh, that's so. I remember this now. Uh, I, gotta, I remember this yeah. now. Well, happy birthday to Pops. Dave's looking past Liberty. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm, yeah, I am. I'm hundred percent looking past. Da- Liberty. Dave is looking past Liberty. That's that. That should be yeah. the title of the episode. If if uh, Ferber had not well, blame it on me. We have several options. Uh, I don't think you guys heard it earlier, but I said something about I said bloody his nose. I was telling I was saying that about uh, Ferber's preview. 
Um, and I don't know why, but I think that would be a great title. We'll discuss that later. All right. Um, anything else? I mean, it just seems like to me that we're all we're all feeling the same thing. And I'm 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 not saying I'm worried the players are feeling it too, but I just feel like uh, if it doesn't go right <laughs> early, yeah, it might not go right for a while. If that makes any sense. I mean, like, I mean, part of that is though this is a no win situation. Like. That's that's what these games are like. It's it's like okay, because I mean, you, you wouldn't think that about the basketball game against Columbia, because Columbia like literally cannot win. But in football, especially, you know, Liberty's not that bad. Like they're six and four, they can give them a game at the at a minimum. Like there's no reason why not. And we saw it already with ODU. So it feels like uh like you know the only thing that can happen is this goes wrong, right? There is no right. The only right is you survive. Nobody pays attention. Um, but yeah, so it kind of almost feels like you're almost thinking the worst because it's like the only result that would matter. What's funny though is like as 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 ACC fans, we always talk about how the SEC gets like this bye week at the end of the season before they play their rival games, yeah. and now we have one and we're complaining. Well, you, <laughs> I would say it's I would say it's almost a hundred percent on purpose. Oh, ex- exactly. Yeah, because they did it last year too. I mean, and plus, and they have another game next. Playing ACC Week One, right? Well, then they have another game next year that's like very late in the season. I think it's ODU. Um, Yeah. So I mean, I think that they're doing the the SEC SoCon Challenge bit. I mean, North Carolina is doing it this week too. They're playing Mercer. (sighs) Well, I think that's a uh, a good place to uh, put the pin in it. Um, I, uh, I, I. I worry about a lot of random stuff. I don't necessarily worry UVA is going to lose this game. I am a little bit worried that um, <laughs> that there there there's just this thing about the tech game that makes us all go crazy, you know. And I think I'm pessimistic as a person who owns a site with a message board. <laughs> I'm just worried about that all the time. Uh, if you are somebody who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your programs. And um, if you're so inclined, give us a rating and review. helps to get us out in front of more people, and we greatly appreciate it. If you are somebody who found the podcast but hasn't given us a look at the website, check us out, CapsCorner.com. Right now I've got, let's see, video from Monday, Bryce Perkins, you know, the, the quote that Ferber talked about earlier about the, the ODU game, and, you know, they, they almost lost ODU, so they can't look past Liberty. Um, so got that video on the site. Then I got post game stuff from Kihei Clark and um, Braxton Key and Jay Huff, as well as Mamadi Diakite, which I thought his his conversation or his comments about get having a green light and sort of the challenge that comes with. I thought that was actually really interesting. Um, and then later, let's see, as you listen to this later today, we got odds and ends. And then tomorrow, Ferber will have you ready for the Liberty preview. And um, I don't know how we're going to cover two games at once, but we're going to try. Um, remember that Fanatics link is in uh, your podcast app of choice or in the content items for the uh, for the show. Uh, Black Friday coming up right around the corner, so if you want to get your your loved ones some some uh, UVA gear or pretty much anything else, hit that link. Doesn't matter if it's UVA stuff or not. Anything that you buy, um, Nationals fans out there looking for whatever, um, whoever whoever you you pull for, uh, that stuff is on Fanatics. And if you hit our link, it it supports the site, and I very much appreciate it. Lastly, I want to thank Thorium Wealth and Second String Sports for their support of the show. You can visit ThoriumWealth.com for more information, full disclosures, and you can also go to SecondStringSports.com where I'm sure Dave would be very happy to talk to you about bats um, and gloves and all things um, Second Stringish. I don't know. Uh, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. Thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time, as always. I very much appreciate it. So, for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorn.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon. <laughs>